One of the most well-known Christian songs of all time is Kumbaya, which means come by here. Many slaves used to sing this in the South as they asked the Holy Spirit to come comfort them in the midst of their struggle. Well, we've reached the time of year where many people hang out banners outside their house that say, come by here, but they're not inviting the Holy Spirit. They're actually inviting, whether they know it or not, many evil spirits. And today I want to tell you how to clean your house if this is what you have done. Welcome back to the Faith of the Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Carl Gessler, here to reignite the faith of the fathers. This is the week or the time of year of Halloween, and so this is a time of year that I like to cast out demons more than any other. This is a time of year that Christians should realize more than ever that they're uh, in the middle of a war, that we're in the middle of a war, um, and we need to have our weapons sharpened, we need to have our armor on. The good news is we've already won the war because Jesus actually has won it and we are in him. So we are victorious in him. But many of us have compromised with evil in many unconscious ways. And this time of year, especially, we can see that more and more. And I'm not a legalist when it comes to, you know, um, Halloween. I like, I don't celebrate Halloween. I don't think you should, but I don't think just because you have a pumpkin with a scary face, a plastic pumpkin with a scary face on your front porch, you have a demon. But these things do attract demons. And certainly many things involving Halloween do uh, open the door to demons in your home. There's a particular house in our area that has always had creepy uh, Halloween decorations, but this year it was over the top. Uh, the front yard was was covered in graves, uh, and it was done in a really um, realistic way. But they have a life-size mannequin of a human hanging upside down on a tree as if they, are, they were um, killed or poisoned by a spider waiting to be eaten. It's truly horrific. And many of you may be listening to this. You may laugh at this and think that's just, that's funny, that's childish stuff, but maybe that's because you also watch horror movies and you somehow think it's funny. But a lot of times we get desensitized to things that are actually poison in our lives. The other day, uh, someone came to church and they were worried that they might have a demon. And uh, there's really nothing to be afraid of when it comes to discovering that you have a demon or demons in your life, because demons actually do their most damaging work when they're not discovered. If you think you might have a demon, then the demon is on its way to losing power. Many times I've met with people for deliverance or I set up a time for deliverance and something comes up. They get sick. They, they decide to cancel. Many people who um, I have prayed through deliverance told me that they really wanted to cancel, uh, but they persevered through it because there is resistance. The devil doesn't want to be exposed and he doesn't want to be found out because he doesn't want to be evicted. So there's nothing to be afraid of. If you think you are wrestling with demons in your life, becoming aware of it is the first step to freedom, so be encouraged. But I wanted today to share a little, a few thoughts about cleansing your house. Um, I came across this passage as I was, I listen to the Bible uh, a lot of times as I work in the yard. Um, it's a great way to hide God's word in your heart, and we are living in a time when we never know. You might be put in prison if you are faithful as a Christian, uh, just like many people have been uh, wrongly imprisoned uh, in our day. The, ch- the courts cannot be trusted to do what's right and just, 
and someone someone could accuse you of anything, as we've seen from the what's happened on January sixth, and what's happened to all the people that were involved in that. Though they were framed, though they were coaxed and invited into this thing, they have been terribly treated by our court system. There is no confidence that I have in our court system. Any day we might be Torben Sondergaard, who is a pastor um, from Denmark, who was um, accused of ridiculous things, and yet he was imprisoned without a real trial for a year um, in customs and then deported, and he had done nothing. Um, so we don't know when our next, when our time might come if we, that we might be put behind bars simply because we are faithful to Jesus. So you want God's Word hidden in your heart in that time. So I listen to the Bible a lot as I mow the lawn or uh, do my gardening or whatever. Um, and so I was listening to Kings the other day, and this story of Jehu, King Jehu, really stood out to me. This is an example of how to clean your house. So this is from Second Kings chapter 10, beginning in verse 18 from the New American Standard. Then Jehu gathered all the people and said to them, Ahab, who was the king before Jehu, Ahab served Baal a little. Jehu will serve him much. This is a, uh, a trick that Jehu was um, playing on the prophets of Baal. Now summon all the prophets of Baal, all his worshipers and all his priests. Let no one be missing, for I have a great sacrifice for Baal. Whoever is missing shall not live. But Jehu did it in cunning so that he might destroy the worshipers of Baal. And Jehu said, Sanctify a solemn assembly for Baal. And they proclaimed it. Then Jehu sent through Israel, and all the worshipers of Baal came, and there was not a man left who did not come. And they went into the house of Baal. The house of Baal was filled from one end to the other. He said to the one who was in charge of the wardrobe, Bring out garments for all the worshipers of Baal. So I brought out garments for them. This is so that they could be marked out so he could recognize easily who the worshipers of Baal were. Jehu went into the house of Baal with Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, and he said to the worshipers of Baal, Search and see that there is uh, that there is here with you none of the servants of the Lord, but only the worshipers of Baal. And they went in to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings. Now Jehu had stationed himself 80 men outside, and he said, The one who permits any of the men whom I bring into your hands to escape shall give up his life in exchange. So he's pretty serious about this. Then it came about as soon as he had finished offering the burnt offering that Jehu said to the guard and to the royal officers, Go in, kill them, let none come out. And they killed them with the edge of the sword. And the guard and the royal officers threw them out and went to the inner room of the house of Baal. They brought out the sacred pillars of the house of Baal and burned them. They also broke down the sacred pillar of Baal and broke down the house of Baal and made it a latrine to this day. Thus Jehu eradicated Baal out of Israel. However, as for the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, which he made Israel sin, from these Jehu did not depart, even the golden calves that were at Bethel and that were at Dan. And the Lord said to Jehu, Because you have done well in executing what is right in my eyes, and have done to the house of Ahab according to all that was in my heart, your sons of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. But Jehu was not careful to walk in the law of the Lord, the God of Israel, with all his heart, and he did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, which he made is by which he made Israel sin. So this is uh, the word of the Lord. This is Second uh, Kings chapter ten, verse. 18 through um, 31. And, you know, there are, cu- there are a couple of things here, both positive and negative. But one is the, what I love is 
Jay Hughes' absolute determination to obliterate the works of the devil in in the camp of Israel, that they um, they rounded up all the prophets of Baal, they marked them out, and of course I'm not suggesting that we need to go um, kill uh, people who don't worship God, uh, worship Jesus. This is um, I'm applying this as a spiritual analogy, but he uh, recognized all the prophets of Baal, um, and he killed them all. He tried to get he he wiped them all out, uh, and he burned the pillars. Uh, and he turned it into a a place, uh, a, a toilet. And this is the way that we need to treat evil in our lives. This is the way that we need to, uh, the, the ferocity with which we need to destroy the works of the devil in our lives. One of the things, um, we, uh, we have yet to do this at one of our deliverance services simply because of the um, venue we are using and the circumstances. But I think we're going to have a, a service dedicated to this, but we haven't yet had a burn barrel. But one of the things that is very important with deliverance is to burn the things that are tied to the occult. So your witchcraft books, tarot cards, um, uh, one of the things that I have done a couple of times in deliverance sessions is um, had asked people to surrender their um, their jackets, because a couple of times people were wearing uh, Metallica uh, shirts or just um, jackets with all these emblems of death on them. And when you're doing that, you are waving a flag over yourself saying, come by here. Uh, you're, you're inviting demons of death and destruction into your life because you're making it part of your identity. And Satan is all about stealing your identity because he doesn't have a body and he wants yours. That's why demons will look for any excuse to get in your body. And if you put on a flag that says, come by here, they're going to come. Sooner or later, they're going to come. Um, so Jehu destroyed it. He just burned it all. And then he made this uh, you know, prophetic act of turning it into a toilet. And, you know, in my early days of um, really committing my life to the Lord, uh, it was over the issue of lust and pornography. You know, like, I praise the Lord, I have never seen what is technically called pornography. I have I would have if I had access to it, but I grew up in a Christian conservative home. We had dial-up internet, um, and I was scared to death of my dad if I ever found, if I was ever caught looking at something I shouldn't, uh, not because he was mean or cruel, but because he was holy. And that's an awesome heritage to have. One of the things we see in the story with Jehu is that even though he failed to be completely loyal to the Lord, because of this great act of devotion of cleansing Israel from so much, the fourth down to the fourth generation was blessed because of what he did. And I am blessed and I am strengthened because of the choices that my dad made. His holiness, um, the choices that he made to be holy, affected me so that I actually have never seen, praise God, I've never seen um, real pornography. But of course, you know, uh, lusting begins in your heart. And I certainly went looking for, um, I mean, I did look at things that, you know, uh, the underwear section in the, in the Sears catalog and all that kind of stuff, you know, that's, that is pornography. Uh, pornography is a part of mainstream culture. So I'm not pretending to be innocent. I'm just saying, um, I, I was blessed to not, uh, ever see the, like hardcore porn. Praise God. I don't ever want to. And I, and I hope that your children will not be exposed to it as well, because it is a poison. Uh, but when God got a hold of my heart at that time, 
I had been, um, you know, I'd go to the grocery store uh, with my mom. I have 11 siblings, so she always had a few of us go in to carry our six gallons of milk uh, that we would buy each week. I can't believe that. We went through six gallons of milk a week. But anyway, um, many times, you know, I would uh, take a peek at the magazines as we were going by, and and I knew that was wrong, and I would always say, sorry, Lord, sorry. And I remember this one day. I was 15 years old or maybe 14. I think I was 15. And I was. I did that. I looked at the magazines, and I said, oh, sorry, Lord, sorry. And I uh, then I heard in my spirit very profoundly the Lord say, either stop saying you're sorry or stop doing it. And I knew that this was a watershed moment. It was kind of scary for me because I knew, like, this was when I decide what kind of person I'm going to be. Um, my life is going to go to the right or to the left, and I chose uh, the Lord. And so as a way to break the habit of my mind going there, um, I just began to walk in the grocery store with my head turned completely sideways uh, and in you know, in a very obvious, um, demonstrable way that I'm sure— you know, even people watch. If anyone was watching me, they'd either say, "What's wrong with that guy?" or "What is he doing?" or they would know exactly what I'm doing. But um, I didn't care. Uh, the main thing for me is that I want this thing broken. I don't. I don't want it in my life. You know, we grew up um, without cable television. Praise God. Uh, but we, you know, one of the things that I like to do. Uh, we were homeschooled, so um, on Monday nights, Monday night football was on. And I love to watch uh, Monday Night Football with my dad. I love sports. And uh, my dad did too. So it was a really fun thing. He'd always get Cheez-Its or pretzels, and it would be kind of this bonding thing. He had a little Nerf uh, football that he kept around, and we'd kind of throw it around, uh, wrestle a little while watching Monday Night Football. Great memories. But in order to do that, I had to um, had to take a nap during the day or do extra school for the next day so I could sleep in a little. Anyway... When we would watch Monday Night Football, my dad would always uh, block out the commercials. We had an old TV. We've always been um, at least a generation behind in technology. And so we would have to open the front of the TV and take the contrast and the brightness and turn it down. We would turn it all the way down for... uh, in order to be able to black out the commercials. We could hear the sound, but that way we knew when they were over, we would pull it up and and watch the rest of the game. And that was how my dad protected his eyes and he protected our eyes. Um, and that was just the example that he set. Um, and uh, when I decided that I was going to serve the Lord, I ruthlessly cut these things off. Um, and, you know, praise God, there wasn't that much to cut off because my father had already been cutting that off for me. But even to this day, I just got back from the beach um, and there was like this... Um, there's a uh, common room or or a kind of clubhouse space where I went in the morning to uh, spend some time in worship. Some great acoustics in there, so singing was nice. And uh, on the ca- on the table, there are all these magazines of just like People magazine, Times, whatever. Uh, to me, I perceive most of those things as to be. Uh, pornographic in nature. It doesn't mean that every picture on them is pornographic, but they're incredibly sensual. They appeal to the base appetites of the of humans, and they are poison. And so, you know, I'm there to worship. I'm not there to stumble. So I pick up the magazines and I just put them um, out of sight. I put them underneath something. I don't want them before my eyes. I'm ruthless in in the way that I um, cut that stuff off. And I pray that the Lord will help me to remain that way because uh, the devil is like a, 
a lion, a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He is waiting for any right, any signal that he is welcome in your life, which is why we do not celebrate Halloween. I mean, there is nothing to celebrate. It's a, it's a season of death, and uh, that is not something that I want to invite into my life. So cleaning out your house um, involves uh, some of the obvious things of like, I don't think putting uh, graves, celebrating death, ghosts, um, uh, witchcraft, um, murder, all these things, you don't want to uh, draw attention to that in your house. So if you've been celebrating Halloween, putting these things out in your ar- yard, the evil eye, whatever, get rid of them. Like that, that's simple. That's basic. That's, that's straightforward uh, stuff. And, you know, like um, uh, Jehu did things prophetically. He turned this house of idolatry into a toilet. I think we need to treat things like that. You know, um, uh, there have been several times, and, you know, again, movies, I'm very conservative about uh, what I watch. I'm very careful about what I watch. But nevertheless, there have been multiple times where I've gone through um, our movies, and there are certain things that are like, I kind of hung on to this because I know it's kind of borderline, but I think it's funny or I like it a little bit. But then I'm like, I never really have peace about it. I'm just like, we're getting it out of the house. We're just going to get rid of all of it. Someone once said, there's no limit to how far you can run into Jesus. Um, there, uh, I think it was Kevin Prosh, a worship leader, sang in one of his songs. He says, there's no danger of excess in loving you. And, you know, there's no reason for me to hang on to anything that is slightly off. Because all that is, is an opportunity. If it's slightly off, it's slightly an opportunity for the devil in my life. And I don't want to give him any right or any space in my life at all. And the devil really is the de- in the details. So if you want to clean your house, my, my advice is um, to be, you know, you may be asking, well, why would I want your advice? That's a good question. You know, I think you should look at the lives of someone, and I pray that I'm like this, because the Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I pray that my life is something that reflects something you want to be, or something that you want to have. I hope it reflects righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We should look at the lives of others, and if they are free, if we can see that they walk in the fruit of the Spirit, then they have something that we want to emulate. So, believing that I might be providing that for some of you, I'm going to share with you what I think uh, is worth doing to cleanse your house of um, any darkness. Uh, so the the first, and I think this is one of the most important things, is to be ruthlessly honest with yourself. You got to be honest about um, the things in your house. Why are you hanging on to that picture of uh, you and that old girlfriend? Why are you hanging on to that movie um, that has a seductive cover on it or that actress that you find attractive. Why are you still hanging on to that? You know, um, there are all sorts of ways that we um, subtly compromise uh, the things in our life, and we need to be honest about that. What about our music? Uh, how many things are we listening to that are glorifying the flesh? Um, sometimes, you know, like country music, we might think of that as being benign, although I think a lot of us might be wiser than that today. A lot of country music has turned into nothing but gangster rap with a twang. But there's uh, there's a lot of disgusting stuff in modern music. But even in the subtle stuff, there's a lot of uh, talk of lewdness and sensuality. Uh, we need to get rid of those things. We need to just completely divorce ourselves 
from all compromise. But the devil really is in the details. One of the dangers of being zealous for deliverance ministry is that you can become paranoid about open doors. You can become paranoid about, um, you know, some people are very religious and and dogmatic about, um, you know, some people are against Easter because they're associating it with these pagan uh, religions of the past. And, you know, certainly we need to investigate things. We need to find out the roots of things, but we can also get paranoid. Um, and that's where we also need to be ruthlessly honest with ourselves. Are we being motivated by fear or by pride? Sometimes in the deliverance um, movement, the deliverance ministry movement, we can become kind of holier than thou because, you know, we believe in deliverance and you don't. Just because you believe in deliverance doesn't mean that you can't also be um, exposed to demons yourself, um, like the demons of pride and the de- demons of religion. And I do think that the spirit of religion took down deliverance ministry in ages of the past, which is where we get the term like holy rollers, uh, where Pentecostals can become incredibly uh, religious and legalistic because they're um, worried about all the open doors of, you know, they're, they're maybe against um, every Disney movie. And, you know, I don't support Disney either, but they might be like legalistically against every Disney movie because of Disney's ties to witchcraft, and yet they ignore things like their anger uh, or their control or their fear of man. And so we need to be ruthlessly honest about ourselves, about what's motivating our words and actions at all times. There's one scripture that has been life-changing for me, which is Psalm 37, 8, do not fret, it leads only to evil doing. So if I'm fretting, even if I'm fretting about um, open doors, then I'm going to be participating in evil. Fretting equals evil, evil doing. So we do have to be mindful of the details. So this is why the ultimate goal, which is something I try to focus a lot on this podcast, is what is the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal of life is to walk in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, which is the kingdom of God, because the life of the age to come is the rule and reign of Christ on the earth as it is in heaven, in complete peace, holiness, goodness, life, and truth. And we are called to begin to walk in that right here, right now. So if you're... Um, the way that you do deliverance ministry is causing um, uh, a lot of hurt. If you are uh, kind of stepping on people, controlling people, dominating people, being legalistic while you're trying to do deliverance ministry, you're being as much of a problem as you are being a solution. The fruit of your life, the fruit of deliverance ministry, if it's done the right way, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That is what we're going for, and that is what um, the opposite of that is what we're seeking to clean out of our house. Dissension, wrath, disunity, uh, ungodliness, perverse, perversity, all these things are what we're trying to evict from our home. Um, and so we need to be more mindful of the nature, uh, the fruit of our lives, than we are necessarily about particular items. I do think particular items matter. Some things are simply bad. Some things are simply always part of witchcraft. Some things are cursed. But the goal of our ministry is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And if that is not what's being produced, there's a lie there that needs to be cleaned out. The Bible says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Our goal is to bear the fruit of that Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, in all that we say and do. And if we're doing that, then there's going to be 
No room for the devil. The Bible says, don't be drunk with wine, but be full of the Holy Spirit. If you're full of the Holy Spirit, just like if you're uh, full of food, you're not going to be hungry and going to look for anything to eat because you're going to be satisfied. Be full of the Holy Spirit. Um, I love music. I haven't listened to secular music um, really virtually at all in my entire life. And I have, but music fills my life because there's actually so much music from the presence of God. There are so many good worship leaders. There's so many good musicians, and it's all Christian. You know, we can be full of the good things in life without any of the compromise, and that's the goal. In Isaiah 6, Isaiah sees a vision of the glory of God. It says that the train of his robe filled the temple. And that phrase, the train of his robe filling the temple, means that the the temple was so filled with the glory of God that there was room for nothing else. That's what our goal is. And if that's what we're pursuing as Americans in the church today, then the world is going to become running to us. But we are so full of compromise right now that the world doesn't want to come to us. We're like a bad party. We're like a party they, that they come to and there's nothing, there's no alcohol or there's only a little bit of alcohol. It's a bad party. We need to be a completely different party. When they come to our party, they want to be full of the wine of the Holy Spirit. They want to be full of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We should be going so hard after Jesus that the world looks on and says, I want a part of that, uh, rather than just looking at us as people who do the flesh but don't do it very well. So I hope this encouraged you today to clean your house, to pursue Jesus wholeheartedly. I'm continuing doing this deliverance ministry, and I'm sure I will do it till the day I die because uh, this is what Jesus called us to do, to heal the sick, cast out demons, and to preach the gospel. If you'd like to partner with me and with us in doing this, there are links below as always. If you haven't taken a minute to rate and review the podcast or to like it, subscribe, share, please take a minute to do that. All right, I hope this blessed you guys today. Talk to you soon.